And welcome to another episode of Two Medics and One Mic. Your presenters are Imran Lasker and Thrusha Gudwatna. So hello and welcome to another episode of the Two Medics podcast. My name is Dr. Lasker. I'm a consultant radiologist. I am Thrusha. I'm a cardiology registrar with a special interest in intervention. And we have a very special guest. We, we've been fangirling this person for quite a while. In fact, we mentioned her in episode one and probably two. Yeah. I even uh, named an episode basically after leaving last neurosurgery. So please introduce yourself. Oh man, I'm the OG. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, my name's Beth and John and apparently the truth is in my loins. <laughs> <laughs> always, always. I always wanted always. to say that. <laughs> uh, really? You know, so genuinely, sometimes we, once we finish the episode, we've done the editing, we do wonder which one's a line that people are going to pick up. And I, I did say it's the loins. I didn't, I say that through, I said yeah, the loins yeah, is going to yeah. be the one. That's the one, you know. It was the last uh, thing I listened to today. And I just thought, <laughs> that's like, that's a goer. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there you I go. I definitely should not listen to my loins. They are, they're telling me all kinds of things all the time. But I definitely should not be listening to them. No. Yeah. It's like, it's not trust your gut anymore. It's trust your <laughs> Yeah, it's my loins, yeah. That's the worst advice you could give me ever. Ever, literally yeah that was a that was a really i mean that has to go down in history as one of the craziest things i've heard in a long it's so time weird. honestly it honestly. happened though it happened weird stuff happens to me i'm just weird I oh guess mate, I, I, I get the same yeah i get that i mean now now we're gonna have to sort of move on from the loins area and kind of move a bit further oh, down down and down towards <laughs> the leg area maybe we oh, we had we've had some interesting tweets this week and um it kind of brings us on to well i mean what happened this week through what was going on with that hey well like there's definitely been like a certain theme which is of like misogyny right mm. and uh so like there are quite a few different things to like comment on there and i know like as a, as a um, as a female, Bethan, like I feel like <laughs> what? <laughs> gonna, yeah, yeah, I know. We've got to get. I know. Yeah, well, I feel like it'd be a bit unfair to get you to like answer every, like as in like on behalf of all females. But like, obviously, like you'll have like personal experiences of stuff, and like women just get so much like nonsense, don't they? You just have to deal with so much nonsense, and mm. uh, I think it's yeah. stuff that as a bloke I've just taken for granted. But the one thing that I've never had happen to me was this whole swimming pool debacle. Like, so mm. there was this tweet that where this um, woman had gone swimming and she'd had the audacity to like uh, overtake this guy in the swimming pool. And then he like grabbed her leg to like tell her off for like overtaking her. Did you see, do you guys see this tweet? And yeah, what did you think? Yeah. I don't know, man. Like I feel, I don't know. I feel like these things don't surprise me anymore, but like they should, it's so bad. Like imagine swimming and somebody literally holding you under the water cause you're faster than them. Like what are they six years old or something? Like I just think how fragile are their egos to yeah. get like, yeah worried by that like it's... i mean if i was a lady i would have thought i would have thought jaws you know i would have thought exactly exactly see it wouldn't have wouldn't have been a problem for me because i shaved my legs so that i'd have just slipped right through their hands <laughs> <laughs> i just slid all through like an eel <laughs> yeah because i'm like completely hairless now so <laughs> Wow, that is so much information, man. So much information. You really shave your legs? I don't know what to do with this. I think it sums up our relationship that you actually think I'm being serious about shaving my legs. No, Thrusha, Thrusha, I know know that. Okay, I'm going to say something. So you you say that you would never shave your legs, right? But I'm going to talk about certain photos that did come out, you know, back in the day. 
where did all your chest hair go? And, Mate, you know, you're not exactly hairless, my man, but those photos that came out <laughs> well, that, look pretty hairless to now. me. <laughs> it's different now. It's different now. Look, look, look. Because, you know, I've got to preserve the follicles that are left, okay? Because they're, they're, <laughs> they're rapidly leaving me behind. But crucially, I need to say that because I had a good reason for doing the chest and it wasn't just vanity. I mean, vanity obviously was about 70% of it. But, you know, in MMA, in MMA, like people worry about staff and so literally you're not allowed to roll around with other guys if uh, you have hair in your chest wow. you, are, you are clutching at straws right now uh, <laughs> no. wait am i not making it better uh uh i'll, I'll go punch a wall so, yeah, or something I masculine now because i just like to roll around with these guys and there's like a risk of infection oh, yeah the oh, answers man. the answers are all oh, there man. it's all there you were yeah. you were psychoanalyzed a long time ago and it's just all yeah. creeping out slowly 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 what, what are mean, my loins telling me i don't know well that's what everyone's wanting to know now isn't it but you know with this uh, with this leg thing i just find that like i almost feel like i should i feel like you know as a as a guy you feel like you need to apologize like why are guys like this you know why is this a sort of alpha mentality that exists like in, in terms of everything like what you're swimming ahead of me you know you can't do that yeah. and um i mean beth and we were speaking about your time in neurosurgery and you you found that people were like that weren't they they were very competitive with you weren't they and oh, God, treating you yeah. certain way yeah i feel like god in medicine in general isn't it it's so competitive but i think sometimes in the more in the surgical specialties and especially in the kind of i don't know certain specialties like neurosurgery have that kind of reputation don't they and yeah competition was like a big thing like everyone had to be getting one up on everyone else which i kind of never saw the point in um mm. i just valued kind of like my life too much essentially but yeah it was kind of if you weren't competing or if you weren't trying to get one up it just felt, even though it wasn't the official rule or stance or yeah. whatever, it just felt like there's, some, there's something wrong with you. Like, why don't you care yeah. enough to want to kick my butt? Like, mm. do, do you think that's like a kind of hangover from toxic masculinity? Or do you think that's, or it's just something that's just completely... Yeah, I, I get, yeah, I guess so. It's, I don't know, it definitely feels to me more like a, to- a toxic masculinity thing. And then again, things like in neurosurgery, got like over 90%, I think. I can't quote mm. that, but I read a statistic yeah. once that I think it was like 8% of consultants are female in neurosurgery or something. Mm. So it, it maybe it is, I guess, it could be a coincidence, but it does sometimes feel like a to- toxic masculinity thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, but I mean, part of the reason why you came to our notice is because of your your tweet about leaving neurosurgery. And, oh, um, you know, like, I mean, no, that the reason why we found it so impressive was that it's a brave thing to do. You know, like it is a brave thing yeah, to, to step away from doing something for so long. And when we were speaking, we were talking about that, you know, you have the childhood idea about where you want to be, where you mm. want to go. And you have the childhood idea that I'm going to be. A neurosurgeon because it sounds cool right it sounds cool of regardless of what yeah. it entails Brain surgeon, yeah yeah exactly i mean you know there's that <laughs> whole thing about oh, it's not neurosurgery and all that kind of stuff and yeah, then yeah. you're there you're doing it you're kind of living your childhood dream but it it kind of changed didn't it right that's what you were saying yeah. so yeah so for me it was like i i always felt like a bit of a misfit because i got into neurosurgery later it was never something that i'd like always wanted to do whereas the vast vast majority of my colleagues had kind of gone up through medical school knowing that they wanted to be a neurosurgeon and everything was like targeted towards that Mm. um but myself it was kind of I did f2 I did an f3 in neurosurgery I essentially started Mm. working on neurosurgery because they were short staffed Mm. I was absolutely fuming at the time because I wanted to be a neurologist um Mm. and I'd got kind of moved from a neurology ward to a neurosurgery ward 
Um, and this, this sounds pathetic, but I drilled my first burr hole and I was just <laughs> one over. Like that, that oh, was literally wow. it. Yeah. That doesn't sound pathetic at all. That sounds really no, cool. But it was, yeah, it was mad. Like this guy had a chronic subdural, went, went to sleep with like a dense hemiplegia and then literally woke up completely resolved. So uh, I don't know, it just, it, it was something I got into quite late and then, yeah, it just felt like it was something that I could get my teeth into. Um, but yeah, essentially kind of as time went on and. I felt more and more like I didn't belong. And I guess that's partly on my part, but also the environment I was in. Um, mm. Just didn't feel like I was ever accepted. I was I was different to the others. I guess I had different values and different stances and people questioned kind of my commitment and stuff because I wasn't kind of always coming in on rest days and I wasn't kind of, I, I would do absolutely do what was needed and things, but I used to like to spend like a lot of time with the patients and sometimes with miss yeah. theater for that. So yeah, it was kind of, it wasn't like a sudden thing, but I guess my passion for it slowly dwindled away over the years. Yeah, mm. they should have seen you like as a unicorn, like you were this kind of, mm, um, magical you know, unicorn. this special, yeah, yeah, no, but like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you were just this kind of thing that was kind of very yeah. different. And like, yeah. they, should have cher- they should have cherished you because like that could have only added colour to their ranks. Like it could have just, yeah. um, and instead they just chose to like, it's just, it seems really like lame. It just, like, yeah, I think on both parts, like I just, yeah, I had that feeling that something wasn't right. And I did feel like I was maybe treated a bit more unfairly than my colleagues and was a bit, hmm. people were a bit harsher on me and things. And for yeah. a while I was like, I'm going to break the mould. Like people yeah. kept telling me, oh, you don't act like a neurosurgeon. You don't look like a neurosurgeon. Whatever that is, I don't know. Yeah. But I just thought, yeah, I'm going to show these guys. I'm going to break the mould. But they don't like, yeah, I don't know. You get That gets exhausting after a while and you have to think yeah, about your own enough. happiness too. Yeah. Mm. Well, speaking about moulds, there was this whole thing, wasn't there, in the OSCE where someone got yellow carded for the length of their dress. And it may, and uh, I saw some other tweets yeah. which were from, from lawyers who were talking about female lawyers who are saying that it was really, really difficult to, to pick outfits that were acceptable, that were seen as kind of like powerful and, you know, something they'd want to wear, but also something that wouldn't be seen as provocative or mm. like um, just kind of inappropriate for work and how it was exhausting. Like people would spend hours getting ready. And it just it makes you think about like the mold that we kind of apply to, you know, the kind of... Yeah. The, um, so... I mean, there's lo- lots of stuff about that, isn't it? About getting dressed in medicine. Mm. Like this week, there's mm. loads of things along those themes. What do you guys think about all that? I, I, I mean, I, I, like I, I, I've said before, like, I'm quite big into power dressing. Like, and so in, in, in truth, like, I don't really care what I look like as long as I think I look good. And uh, that kind of helps me kind of get through the day and feel like I actually belong where I belong. But I guess like being a guy, it's not, you don't have to think all that much. It's shirt, tie, blazer, and that's it, you're done. But I, I know with my wife anyway, like there, I mean, there's so many outfits that she would wear to the office and things like that. And I know that she used to think, you know, even the night before things were getting ready and things are getting ironed and things like that. And um, clearly there has to, there, it seems to be, there has to be a lot more thought, but that's based on what, what men think of yeah. ladies in the workplace, yeah. isn't it? I mean, it's not, yeah. it's not another, as a, other ladies look at someone else and say, well, I don't like what you're wearing. It's actually guys who feel like they're threatened. Is that what's going on yeah. here? I, I don't really understand where yeah. I this guess is coming it comes from. from. I guess it comes from all those different experiences, doesn't it? And it is like, I don't know, even in, even when you go to work as a doctor, there's like, there's situations where kind of patients and like colleagues might make mm. like past comments on how you dress and make things quite sexualized and things. So really? I think, I don't know, as, as a female, I've kind of, even since starting as an F1, I've kind of had, I've experienced those comments and I know I won't be the only one. And so mm. I think, I guess the more you're kind of exposed to that, the more you think about what you wear. Like I, I generally, when I started work as an F1, like nine years ago, 
to me, it was just like, I have to look smart, like business casual. I just thought that was the rule. But then when like when those kind of over the years as those kind of comments happen and you're like, okay, people might not take me seriously just because of what I'm wearing. And you suddenly mm. have to think like, yeah, do I need to like power dress or whatever? Um, yeah, it's just, a, it's just a minefield. It's not just literally waking up in the morning and thinking, oh, this is smart. I'll put that on. Like, mm. yeah. yeah. And the comments yeah. that you'd receive, would they be like in... Um... Would they be kind of in public, like, you know, in front of loads of people? Sometimes, or kind of, or... yeah. Yeah, sometimes, like, I'd be on a ward round in a bay and sometimes, like, a patient would, like, yell something out and I can't even say that they were confused or whatever. Like, oh, they were literally, like... like Burr mm-hmm. hole on this one. Yeah, yeah, but just yes, 13, he's confused. But, yeah, God. like, it was just kind of, I don't know, I used to, sometimes I used to dread, and I know this sounds bad, but sometimes I used to dread going into bays full of young men like sometimes you'd get those bays where they'd all be like really like manly and bro together and um let's just used to make my heart sink I'd be like oh gosh and um hmm. yeah but uh, I don't know I felt like I felt like with Covid and we all went to scrubs I don't know if that yeah. was a good thing or a bad thing to start but I don't know it just made things feel like much more unified and uh-huh. didn't have to think about anything like that so yeah do you think mm. that's what we should do then because I just kind of wonder mm. about how to get rid of that culture and I kind of wonder about two things. Like one is that when you have that bay, what you don't, what we should be doing is kind of coaxing the your seniors or the people around you, like the men, I guess, to yeah, like, yeah. no, that's you have to yeah. be able to call it out. So the more it gets called out, the less people are likely to do it. But I think people probably need like encouragement to do that because I think people just all feel embarrassed, don't they, and go quiet. No, did you ever get anyone call it out and be like, uh, excuse me? Yeah, like, yeah, sometimes. Like, sometimes I used to try and call it out. Or I remember if it's happened to other colleagues, I used to be like, come on now. Like, what do you think you're playing at? Hmm. But sometimes I'd feel like if I challenged it, people wouldn't take me seriously. It, yeah. I never I never kind of witnessed seniors getting involved, really. Um, I guess in those situations, the seniors weren't often around, perhaps. Um, yeah. But definitely most of the time it was always like oh what's he like like as if you know like justifying it or whatever but yeah Mm. in reality these people are just dicks it's so interesting how much yeah i mean it's so interesting how much this has turned up this week because we even had we would i mean now we're getting tweeted at saying this should be included in the podcast and someone tweeted us tweeted tweeted us a question from a question bank uh, talking about an F1 who was dre- you know dressing too revealing and you know I'm going to use quotation marks for that nurses sniggering uh, you know doctors talking about it passing comments and the correct answer according to this question thing was to speak to her privately and suggest she dresses more appropriately and it's like you know these kind of questions who thinks I mean the reason this question exists is because someone has seen it felt it or thinks this is the right thing yeah. to do and it's just it, it's so bizarre that we get so strung up on on people's appearances on on every level not just like you know one minute you're talking about the color of someone and where they're from and mm. now you're talking about the way they're dressed and what that really means it's like at what point do we just stop sizing people up for the way they look and maybe just look at the work they do that's, I was gonna say, that's what, what I find what's bizarre. wrong with like looking at people's abilities like well that seems to be yeah. like lost in all of this doesn't it yeah exactly exactly but th- i think so much of medicine is really not looking at people's abilities because i think on the episode where we first spoke about yourself bethan i was trying to sort of say that you know we don't know whether you're a good surgeon or a bad surgeon, right? Or whether you're good with your hands or not good with your hands, right? Yeah. But, like, is that taken into consideration when people are really talking about, like, whether you're a good or bad trainee? And actually, it's a lot to do with all the other stuff, the paperwork, yeah. the audits, audits. How, lo- how long you're staying. Yeah, all that organization, like, well, yeah. 
you know what? Like for me, you know, in fact, recently I got my eyes done, laser laser eye surgery. And um, I went, I just went with, you know, me being me, I went for the Optical Express, cheapest dudes I could find. Swanky. But um, yeah. <laughs> but um, the thing is, like, uh, they should probably pay me for that plug. But um, yeah, yeah. so the thing is, when I looked at who was doing it, it was a staff grade that was going to do it. And at first I thought, no, I want a consultant to do it. But I thought that staff grade's probably been the dude that's been covering all the work while the yeah, yeah, consultant yeah. rushed off in the background doing his private work. I'm taking the staff grade, thank you very much. He's probably got more experience and taught more juniors than anyone else. So um, I just say, I just think, you know, people are, are valuing the wrong things when it comes to this kind of stuff. You know, I, I find yeah. it really weird. I, I really do. I don't get yeah, it. This yeah, it's interesting because it, you, sh- you can see, like, when people are in real power, like, there's a professor of cardiology who turned up in shorts. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. they, they get to be, like, they get to do whatever And that's they okay, like. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, like, whereas if, like... Uh, a woman did that. I imagine people are like, oh, but uh, you know, talk oh, to them yeah, privately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, but I've I've been on wards where like male consultants have turned up in skin tight lycra to do ward rounds, and mm. that doesn't leave much to the imagination. Let's put it oh. that way. But like, <laughs> but then, but no one's no one questions that. It's like, oh yeah, that's Doctor So So. He always wears black lycra. It's like, oh yeah. Cool. Yeah, really but, like, I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the other way around, it seems to be like, it seems to be an issue. I only wear the lycra tops though, so because I don't, I don't have, I don't, I skip legs, so I just have. To just That's really why you honest. shave your chest as well, isn't it? It's <laughs> that like smooth lycra feel. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, you're probably getting a whole load of our, our listenership or whatever it is very excited now, Therusha. I think no, you should calm down <laughs> with yeah, the talk down. of being yeah. shirtless and shaved. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, every time I even remotely tweet that kind of thing, everyone's like, yes, release the pictures of shirtless Therusha, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It will happen, you guys, don't worry. Yeah, All yeah. in good time. All in good time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we're talking about the difference between males and females. And actually, another tweet came out about um, catheterization of, of females. And how actually that's deemed as a female doctor's job or a nurse's job. And um, what did you guys make of that? Because it seems like there is a difference uh, in the way you even practice medicine just based on your, your gender. Yeah, I don't know. I just have a huge issue with that with that tweet because it feels like, oh, this it, it's this way one way. But then when you question it the other way and like, like I think it was Abby that tweeted that. And when Abby mm. questioned like, well, what about... A female like myself doing male catheters and he was like oh they won't mind i'm sorry mm. what like i just yeah it, it can't be one rule for one and then another rule for another but yeah i just feel like i don't know more and more people are saying like oh that's not my job that's not my job and it just mm. kind of like what what's happened to kind of all of us just pitching in and doing what needs to be done um yeah but yeah i'm I'm kind of fuming after that tweet. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I'm, I was thinking back to when I was a tr- uh, junior doctor, I don't remember anyone ever asking me to do a female catheter, not once. I got asked to do the male ones, but when that tweet came out, I thought, actually, that's a good point. I've never been mm-hmm. asked to do that, like never. But then someone followed up with the whole speculum thing and how actually, um, you know, you end up having one female colleague who ends up being the speculum person. They, they get called on to do all the speculums yeah. and all that kind of thing. And actually, I, I'm, I'm a little bit guilty of that. I When I was a junior doctor in the a shifts, there was someone who I used to go to who I used to get to all the speculums and all the patients that I had. Um, but I, I mean, the thing is, they want to do and gyne. They always seemed like they want to do it. And they were always like, oh, you know, if you've got any, you know, got any speculums to do? Like, yeah, I don't want to do this. You go ahead and do it. <laughs> But now looking back, yeah, exactly. I was happy to pass on, but maybe looking back, that wasn't the right thing to do. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have palmed those things off. And it's only when tweets like that come out 
you really think about these things, right? You think, oh, right, yeah, I never, I never even questioned that before. Well, I was really yeah. unlucky. Like, I did urology as an F1 and then went into OBS and gynae as an F2. So that was a rough, that was a rough eight months for me. But like, um, so, <laughs> Lots of so, loins, lots of loins. <laughs> yeah, I did not listen to what those loins were saying. Those loins weren't, they weren't those in a good way. Those loins cancelled, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Those loins did not need to be listened to. But like, um, mm. I did have to, I mean, once I did get a urology nurse asking me to, to catheterize a female patient. And you know when it's a urology nurse asking you to catheterize oh, someone, it's gonna be tough. Yeah. And yeah. I remember like, she, she watched me though, because I think she was, uh, you know, I don't know, or maybe she wanted to see what I'd do. I think maybe that was what it was, <laughs> because I was just, I had no idea. Like I was just like, just, you know. Jabbing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll describe that movement for you through. Yeah. <laughs> I was just jabbing. <laughs> it's like, I mean, yeah, anyway, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't terribly experienced. With, with that or Kath- yeah anyway and uh, it was horrendous and so then she was like uh, when I'd done it I was like oh yeah inflated the balloon oh the balloon went up okay and she's like okay but to check it's in the right position just inject some saline and of course I just gave her a douche didn't I so it was just oh, uh, it was and then you know like as if on cue like the, it came out with the balloon inflated and oh, stuff no. so that's obviously wrong oh, no. um, and then and then so I went so I went from that to kind of doing obs and gyne uh, which was like, you know, and then I was the guy in A&E who they'd be like, oh, you're the guy in ESHO. And then I'd just, you know, be like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> are you the guy? Are you the peds? I hate that, man. Yeah. What, what, but I mean, surely for you, Beth, when they're like, are you neuro? They must have been like, oh, neuro has graced us. Is that what they're oh, like with you? I used, I used to get so much stick for it. So where I work was like a standalone tertiary centre, but it was attached mm. to um, a major trauma uh, unit. So it was literally like a quick walk over the road. And sometimes mm. like, we used to get referrals from all over the northwest. But sometimes if, if this hospital referred... Sometimes it would just be easier to go and see the patient myself. Just, mm. yeah, sometimes I couldn't count on kind of the third-hand referrals and things. And mm. I remember kind of going there a few times and people being like, why are you here? We, ne- we, ne- we never see your sort. <laughs> like, and that yeah. happened to a few of my colleagues as well. It was all just kind of like we were mythical beings. And <laughs> I think we had this like reputation of just kind of refusing everyone. And I understand how oh, that really? comes across, but like, We'd get over a hundred referrals a day, and we what we have like thirty neurosurgery beds, and so things would it was it's never as easy as kind of like oh yeah this is vaguely neurosurgery we'll we'll take it over so yeah we always have that reputation of kind of no 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 access denied but yeah occasionally we'd go and they'd be like oh you're actually like interested I was like well yeah like they've got pathology I'm I'm on call this is my like it's my duty to care for them but and then it, but it always turned into like right neuro's here get those 10 scans that were negative for quadriquina earlier on mm. make sure they're happy with all those <laughs> then it'd be like oh this patient's coming with a head injury do you want to clock them in i was like i don't oh, even work God. here like literally yeah, this is wow. i have no wow. rights in this hospital whatsoever so yeah it was never ideal i mean it's really refreshing to hear that because I, I i do find that people are sort of unnecessarily obstructive sometimes and i don't know i mean it feels like they're playing a game with each other like oh you know yeah. bat the softer surgeons bat the softer medics and it's like but you kind of think to yourself well hang on like you know if you like surgery then surely the opportunity to do surgery is sitting there yeah, if you go and yeah. actually do the work to do so i mean i mean i i've yeah. said that a few times i like scans so it's very rare that i'd say no unless it's completely balmy but it's an opportunity to see another scan, potentially something interesting, and I, I really genuinely enjoy it. And I, I yeah. assume that's why people do what they do. Yeah. So it's quite nice that um, you've said that because I find that's a bit lacking sometimes as someone gets more and more senior. They feel like they want to bat things off. 
Yeah, well, I guess yeah. I guess the issue is is that like yeah you want to do surgery, but if you take that person and then you don't do surgery on them and they're in a bed, yeah, I guess from their yeah. perspective, isn't it? Mm, but then you've got someone true. who does need the surgery and you're like, I can't take them because I don't have any beds. I yeah. guess that's their perspective because we'd it? we'd always get ridiculed because like that's what's that standard advice? Like a head injury, it's like oh yeah, neuroabs admit for twenty four forty eight hours then discharge, mm. and they'd be like, well, why can't you do that? It's like we physically. I know you guys don't have a bed, but we don't have a bed. Like, what if a subarachnoid hemorrhage comes in? Like, it's mm. it's constantly like a game. Um, but I can see, oh god, it's, I can see totally how it comes across as obstructive at times. Yeah, I mean, if there were loads of beds, it'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, problem extra. solved. Yeah. I mean, can I make a? I mean, a lot of my reports do say get in your surgical opinion. Yeah, is that, that really bad? Is that really bad? Um, I knew it. Oh, it's I don't always... know. I feel bad now. New <laughs> surgical <laughs> opinion is advised. That's exactly. That's yeah. my line. That's man, my line. Man, <laughs> I've got. I need to have words with you. Man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like. I, I get it. Like, it's all about responsibility, isn't it? Like, any any new surgical pathology, for example, just talking about new surgery. Of mm. course, it should be discussed. But I guess what what happens is when you have like. You have the query record requiring the patients come in, they get scanned, and there's what like some slight bulging of a disc, and it's like mm. just just let the neurosurgeons know. And sometimes they can be on the phone like waiting for an hour for us because of the volume of referrals. And mm. I'm just like, that's not a good use of your time. So it gets to, it gets sometimes it gets a bit silly, but no, I think like there's definitely like there's definitely a place for that, but maybe mm. like tone it down a little bit, please, Imran. Yeah, just do it urgent. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I just, I just, I'm not going to bother. I'm going to stop reporting. I, you know, I'm going to. I'm, yeah, I yeah, inspe- yeah, I'm, re- I'm retiring. I'm retiring soon. I'm done. I'm, I'm retiring just, soon. Just do, re- just do reports with emojis. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> just happy fate, unhappy. You know, yeah. Or maybe I could. You know what I'd like to do? I'd like to do a report in in a TikTok if I could. That would be. Yeah, that would yeah. be. If I can somehow, you know, marry, you know, That's radiology with TikTok, that would be the one. With a B, with oh, that'd be amazing. Oh, but yeah. um, <laughs> speaking of retiring, I mean, we had a tweet about. Um, Burnout, retiring early. Yeah, we saw uh, that. You yeah, know, there's a yeah. big, big issue with retiring early. And yes, um, it's on our favourite you know. forum, which is Junior Docs UK, and they, were, <laughs> mm. they basically linked to a Guardian article which said that the average age of retirement now amongst doctors is 59. And they said it's just not just burnout, but pension issues too. You see, see mm. stuff about that on Twitter, and I always feel really bad for people when they're talking about their pension. Um, it's obviously I wish like, I knew what that meant, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I sound like I'm being sarcastic and perhaps like 50% sarcastic because obviously it's going to be an issue for us all. But yeah, like, yeah. Um, it's, um, it's interesting to see, uh, well, interesting, uh, 59 years of age. Is that, what do you guys think? Is that too early? Like, what, or do you think, could you see yourself retiring earlier? Like, what's... Uh, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely retiring earlier. You know, I, told, yeah. I told you guys already. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know, four, you know, three years time. I'm done. I was gonna say forty for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. podcast keeps going well. Yeah, I think I will. I'll be retiring very soon indeed. No, I'm oh just wow! <laughs> I'm just joking. Oh. No, um, I think. I mean, I'd like to think that I, I, I enjoy my job enough that I think that I would. Um, I would do it on some level, you know, even if it yeah. was less time. I, and I've seen lots of people do that, right? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. No, I think I still would come back. I still would come back at least, you know, once or twice a week. Wait, wait, wait. I thought we had I an agreement. I that. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought if we won the lottery, if either one of us, we were both going to leave and become like fitness trainers to the stars. I thought that's what we were planning on doing. You know, I do actually remember. It's amazing you said that because, you know, you know what, Thrusha, it's amazing you said that because I'm actually still in the middle of doing a PT course. I'm still in the middle of it. I started about a year ago and I still haven't finished it because I had this crazy idea when I see when I see CT, I thought, oh, you know, it'd be awesome if I was a radiologist who also PT and I would appeal to people because I could scan them because I'm I'm also an 
NSK radiologist. How amazing would that be? Yeah, yeah. You know me, wow. and, you know, me and reading and exams. I'm still trying to get through it. Just, oh, you know what? It's sorry. a bit more involved. And I thought, I thought, oh, you know, how hard can it be? I've done med school. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I did that. And when I started reading, I was like, Golgi tendon. I forgot what that was. <laughs> oh, my God. What, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was all these things. That, oh, this is more complicated than I thought. I thought it would be oh really easy. Um, but, yeah, yeah, no, we do have that dream still um, of um, doing that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe by that time, we'll be too old to train anyone. Beth, what would you do if you won the lottery? What, was, uh, what would you do? Oh, my God. I'd be one of those um, just very crazy dog ladies. Like, I'd be one of those ones that goes to, like, Thailand or something and rescues, like, 100 dogs in my camper van and just drives around. Yeah. That is totally what, what not you what do? I was expecting. No, really? I didn't. Oh, my I was God. Not yeah. That. That, yeah. Yeah, I think oh, I'd, I'd obviously have like amazing holidays, and um, yeah. I I don't think I'd probably go back to work. I'm I'm not sure, but yeah, I I just would. Yeah, I know that's God, that sounds incredibly sad now, doesn't it? I'd be like, yeah, so no, I'll rescue all the dogs really cool. in my camper van. But yeah, no, like, I, don't, I don't know, man. I just think that would be such a sweet lifestyle. No, no, that sounds really wholesome. Wow, it's so weird. You know when they say like one person's treasure is another man. No, one person's rubbish is another man's treasure or something. Oh God, I forgot about your love of dogs, Imran. Yeah. I can't imagine anything worse. <laughs> Being stuck in a room with or any sort of vehicle oh, with lots of dogs. Oh God, I've, I've just realised the stench actually would probably be horrendous. <laughs> Maybe I could pay for some surgery to get like my olfactory bulbs removed. <laughs> Yeah, like you'd be driving around with your van collecting the dogs and you'd be behind Imran's van. Throwing them at Imran. Chucking dogs out. <laughs> <laughs> Chucking them out. Oh, uh, anyway, no. so like yeah. going back to the PT, well, like I'm going to use that to uh, to try and steal one of your segues into, so there was this ARCP panel that decided to pick up on uh, the fact that uh, a person had extracurricular activities that involved the BMA. Um, the link was supposed to be from t- PT to extracurricular activities. Yeah, no, it's good. I, I like that. Thanks, no, no, thanks. it's good. It's good. Let's go with so, it. Like, yeah. mm. Yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so what do you think? I was just kind of interested by the fact that an ARCP uh, like panel had taken issue to that. It seemed like a really bizarre thing, especially for someone mm. like me when I go to ARCP and they're like, you haven't got enough dots, you haven't done this, you haven't even uploaded Form R, you're supposed to do that too much. Genuinely, Sarusha, I reckon the way you can get through an ARCP is just have one picture of you shirtless and just have it peeking out. Stop doing that! Oh my God! <laughs> but you have to get intervention tattooed on your chest. That's yes. the key now. That's yeah. the key. And they can't take that away. Commitment, they can't take... Commitment to speciality. Yeah, yeah. yeah bosh. But Stamp. anyway, extracurricular activities, uh, they look down upon, is it? Is that what was going yeah. on? Mm. Yeah, I think in particular it was the BMA. So I think it's because they're yeah. a BMA rep and they didn't like that. Which seems funny actually, because it was something that Hannah mentioned. She was like, oh, you know, uh, it might not be very popular with people that I'm a member of the BMA. Mm, and I remember yeah. thinking, oh, what, people mm. don't like that? Yeah, I think people like, oh, God, I've had, I've had mixed kind of experiences with the BMA. And I think on the whole, like with the whole junior doctor contract and things, I think the general consensus was people were like, oh, I'm not sure they're doing quite enough for us considering like what we pay them and things. And I think that was okay. just, I feel like they were quite flippant comments, but despite that, I've always stayed a member with them. And it's one of those yeah. things that I've just had drummed into me by seniors. Like when, you know, if you ever, if you ever come up against trouble, that's kind of when you need them. And I think probably in the right situations, they'll, they'll have you back. Oh, I've got, I hope they would. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think like there's been, I think, God, I, I think no union would be perfect. There's always going to be yeah. some people that you're going to kind of upset. Mm. And I guess that's maybe where it's come from. But I was, I was shocked at this because, I just yeah I just didn't understand like what what would the issue be if you've got your competency signed and your yeah. your you know your, your number of work-based assessments like what is it like a personal thing is it well, like yeah 
doesn't it raise probity issues with the person who's raised that issue? Like, isn't it a bit weird? Yeah, that's a good point. Like, isn't that, it's really unprofessional. And yeah, I'm, yeah. Like, what is that? And then it makes you wonder, like, do they need, because they have a lay person, don't they? Do they have it on all, I mean, like on ours, they I thought they did, person. yeah. We always had a lay person, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't know how mm. empowered they feel to perhaps intervene when stuff like that happens. But mm. I found, I always found ARTPs really, really weird. I mean, don't you think, I just, because oh, I find that, yeah. I don't know, I mean, they're probably having a nice, bit of a nice day out, chilling with their, co- you know, consultant <laughs> colleagues and stuff. Pastries, but, guess, coffee. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, why give people a hard time? Like, we all know how hard mm. it is to get things done. You know, you've got a life outside of work and, you know, to get these things done, like, surely they should be understanding. Like, you know, yeah. we were talking about the kind of surgeries or the things that you need to get in your logbook. And it's like, if they're rare things to get involved in the first place, how could you take someone to town on the fact they don't have enough? for these things like it's just bizarre I I just don't understand like where they come out with this stuff honestly yeah Um, sometimes I feel like sometimes ARCP is just a chance for like the consultants to put you in the stock sometimes it's like sometimes it's yeah I I don't know like it's obviously not personal but I think sometimes it feels a bit that way you're like why are you having a go at me like I don't know why I haven't done anything can I tell you, like, once I turned up for my ARCP and uh, one of my bosses was on the ARCP panel and that morning, that was supposed to be his ward round, but he'd obviously, he was at AR, yeah. ARCP. And so mm. I, being a good boy and thought, wanting to, like, make make an impression, I did his ward round before I went to my ARCP. So I saw all his patients and literally finished the ward round and then went, drove to my ARCP. So I went to the ARCP in my shirt and trousers. And it's not the first time I've been called up by cardiologists about how the way I was dressed, but I literally went with my NHS lanyard on my shirt and, tra- and they laughed like when I came in like about I've how had I that dressed. too yeah I've had that and, I, and mm. they sent an email round afterwards so, like literally they joked that oh have you just come from the ward and I was like yeah literally I uh, have yeah. I literally just come from the ward and they sent an email round afterwards going saying like we get dressed up in suits for the ARCP so we'd expect that same courtesy from you guys and I was like mate I literally what the, what? again it goes <laughs> back to that like what does that even mean like it yeah, goes back mental. to that dressing thing yeah no I've had the same Darusha like I went to an ARCP once it was one of my early neurosurgery ones didn't quite understand the process to be fair I never really kind of looked into it I didn't quite know what was happening um and yeah I'd been on the ward in the morning was obviously dressed in like my smart clothes um yeah. but but came came to the ARCP room and one of my colleagues was like where's your suit jacket I was like I don't I don't own one. They're like, you cannot, you cannot go in there with a suit jacket. Like, why don't you, what, do you, what, do you want to borrow one? And the girl what? that was offering to borrow, like, I'm five foot ten, but the girl that was, like, offering to, like, lend me one was, like, four foot and a half. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> that's, like, like a street jacket. Yeah, that's, I don't, I think I'd rather go in, like, without a jacket, but, yeah, but thanks. But, yeah, these, like, notions that people have, I just think, like, what, what does that show about your competence? Like, absolutely yeah. nothing. So bold. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. But, you know, I remember when I was on an ARCP, like, so, I mean, I, I guess I'm, as, as time goes on, I'm, I'm telling you guys more and more about my training and how difficult it was, but there was a point when my father got very, very sick. He actually had stage four lymphoma. And I remember I was really struggling because I had the exams. I think I just had a new kid at the time. And, you know, my father had lymphoma. And so then I turned up to the ARCP and I was sitting there and then they were like, you know, you failed your exams again. I was like, oh, here we go. You know, you haven't got your competencies. Oh, here we go. And I said, is there anything you'd like to tell us, Simran? And I was like, okay, you know what? Like, I'm just going to say mm-hmm. it straight. Okay, things are going really badly for me right now. This has happened, this happened, this happened. Uh, and then they kind of just looked at me really blank, like, and? So what? Oh, yeah, and gosh. I was like, um, and I said, look, you know, things are getting really tough. Like, you know, I've got my father's got business. I've got to help with that. And then he got, and one turns out he had the audacity to say to me, well, you, it sounds like you've got to make a choice, Imran. You know, are you going to choose radiology or all this other stuff? 
And I just thought, wow. are you not even human? Like, what is wrong with you? You know. And then, yeah, it was just bizarre. And you know, it was just I couldn't believe it. And, I mean, that's just one. And I, as as a podcast go on, I'll explain more and more about what really went down. But um, it was that time when I thought, like, I don't think they really see me as a human human being. Like, yeah. you know, like if that if I was sitting on the other side and I was a colleague and I told them all the stuff that had happened to me, I'd like to think they would be like, mate, you know, that's really tough. Do you want to take some time out? Do you want to, you know? Um, you know, deal with all these things. But because I was a trainee, they were like, no, it's not good enough. You need to make a choice, radiology or nothing, right? And I was like, well, I mean, if that's the case, I have to choose my dad, mate. I mean, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, God, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And this what I guess that's why I've been so scarred by like, the whole ARCP thing. I just yeah, don't yeah. see where they come from. What yeah. are they looking for exactly? Why do they want to give you a hard time? What is that about? You know, like, you know, surely they should be helping you. If there's something that's not working, yeah. help you out. Tell us what you can do. Yeah, yeah, they should have helped you, man. Yeah, I think it's it's just if you if you do okay, and I feel like your face fits, then mm. fair fair dues to you. But like similar to yourself, Imran, I just every ARCP for me was yeah traumatic. I never passed the, an ARCP first time, and like you say, yeah. like I um, a couple of years ago, I really started to struggle with like my mental health, and it didn't mm. affect the work that I was doing as such, but it it, it affected kind of my organisation in terms of my portfolio and things. It just became yeah. less of a priority to me. Um, mm. And again, like yourself, was kind of like, is there anything you want to tell us? And I so I just I'd not told anyone at that point, and it was a big thing for me to tell them. Mm. And they kind of looked to me as if to say, like, are you? They didn't say it in these exact words, but in in so many words, were like, well, are you sure you can hack neurosurgery? And I was just like, hang on, this is not what this is about. Mm. Um, and they were like, oh, you should just go and speak to someone. Like that was the advice. Oh, but yeah. go away mm. and do your portfolio. I was like, That's very oh nice, my god, it's it? that simple. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah, yeah, I thanks, honestly. guys. Yeah. But I mean, did you find through that when you had your your education supervisor or that person were they helpful? Or were they not helpful in the ARCP situation? In the ARCPs, I mean, uh, hmm. well, you know, you'll know quite recently, like my son was really sick, right? And mm, uh, when that happened, like, um, I messaged, I was just, I was going crazy. So I think I sent mm. like, so I was sending out like one line kind of emails to people being like, this is what's happening. And, and sometimes I'd have this like flurry because I felt like I needed to do stuff sometimes. And then other times mm. I was just losing my mind. Um, but my educational supervisor, uh, who's my academic supervisor, was awesome. He was just like, mm. look, you just message me whenever you cut, you don't, don't worry. He goes, don't think about any work. You come back when you're ready. And he was just like, don't, you don't even need to contact oh, me. Good. You, you just, yeah, mm. literally like it, it was so cool. And you know what? It took a massive weight off my shoulders because that's yeah. what that's what I was worried about. I was like, "Oh, what are they going to be thinking about me?" All these things, like someone else, because that's what you think, isn't it? Like, "Oh, someone else is going to be picking We'd up." We've been conditioned to think that way working in the yeah. NHS. I think mm. it really has been drummed into us. Yeah, I know. As in, like, you know, it just took a massive weight off my shoulders, and like, it just left let me be a dad. Like, mm. but that's so good, right? Because I I don't know how you guys feel, but as a as a doctor, you you always feel like if you're sick, mentally sick, or physically sick. You feel like you've got to explain yourself like, oh, you know, I don't want them to think yeah. that I'm scamming them. You know, I don't yeah. want them to think that I'm weak and stuff like that. But actually, yeah. you know, these things are important because, you know, you're living life. Yeah, so much of life happens. We're human, aren't we? Like, we're, we're going to get sick. Like, I don't know, sometimes I think we're made to be out, well, especially during the COVID thing and the whole heroes and whatever. Like, mm. I don't know, it just feels, it feels wrong when we're physically or mentally unwell. It's like, they're like, what? Like, as, mm. it, as if like a doctor can't be a patient too I think that's such an issue it's just mm. yeah 
Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, those little gestures, I mean, that's the thing, like this, when, when, when that kind of thing happens, you feel like these little gestures don't mean all that much, the whole clapping for the NHS we've, we've spoken mm. about, isn't it, where it just felt a bit empty, you know, like, there are so many things that we, you know, we probably deserve more than claps, and then when it, it really comes down to it, um, not really much happens with regards to, like, you know, the way that we're compensated for the, for the kind of work that we do. But speaking of compensation, um, we saw a tweet from Nina. Did you see that about receiving oh, some chocolates? Chocolate. Did everyone see that? Yeah. Um, yeah. What did you guys make of that? Was that a nice gesture or no? I thought it was a bit weird. Yeah, I don't know. These things can teeter on being nice and being weird, can't they? There's like mm. such a fine line. I think the yeah. thing with Nina was that, was it like a card that wasn't signed and just like yeah. no kind of, no message mm. of who this was from, which I just think is creepy. But yeah, yes. like, I, yeah, I think if, I don't know, it always makes me uncomfortable when you get like thank you cards and things in work. I always find it incredibly touching, but it's kind mm. of, it seems sometimes to be aimed at like a couple of people and it's always like a team effort, isn't it? And mm. But I think maybe that's like a bit more acceptable. It's like you can see why they've done it. It's a patient that you've looked after. Um, mm. But kind of getting sent a card and chocolates to your home, I was like, maybe the kind of sentiment was nice, but it's, I agree with Tarusha, it verges on a bit weird, I think. Yeah, so what happened there was, like, she, she got sent some chocolates. So some chocolates popped out of the blue with a card to her home residence. And, mm. it, and, the, and the card was not signed off saying who it was from. It was just, here's some chocolates. And it's kind of, yeah, I mean, Tarusha, what did you think? What would you do? I mean, what would I do? I mean, it's never happened. But, like, I just <laughs> think that it's a bit... I think the thing is, there's, like, a code in there, isn't it? That are kind of, I know where you live. I think that's a bit weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I have... I mean, from when I po like uh, posted about Erin being sick, there were loads of people who were messaging me. It was so lovely. So many people mm. messaged me. And there were some people who were like, oh, you know, we want to send you like, a t you know, I got we got some like little baby clothes and cards and stuff. Oh, and stuff. oh wow. That's so lovely. It's so, it's so cool. Uh, and people would ask. And I think that's cool, right? And, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I, yeah. So I've like certainly sent people, like people I've met on Twitter, like I've sent them stuff. But I'd ask them oh, first, same, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, I feel like, yeah, I feel like you have a conversation and you get a bit of a friendship and stuff. And then, yeah, like, yeah, I like I've, I've sent Nina stuff before. I hope she's never found it creepy. <laughs> she's like, oh, my God, not her again. Yeah, yeah I think if you're going to send something to their address and put an empty card, I think there's a reason why you're having to do it in that way. And I think that's, mm. that thing, should be man. the key. Yeah, you're hiding something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, just just be careful, uh, Beth, and she might feed those chocolates to your dog just to make sure they're safe. <laughs> If she does, yeah, Nina, don't eat those chocolates, please don't eat those chocolates. Are you saying Nina's a dark horse? <laughs> you never know, I can't tell you anything else, I'm afraid. Oh, okay, yeah, fair enough. It's classified. Yeah, it's, um, it is, those kind of gestures are, are a bit are, are a bit strange uh, and stuff, isn't it? You just don't really, don't really know uh, where, where to take it. And, you know, speaking of sort of Twitter relationships, wasn't it that Twitter relationship that you were talking about the other day, um, Tarusha? There, you've got these, what, what are they called, reply people? Is that what uh, you call Reply them? guys, reply guys. I'm not sure if, if I'm misappropriating the term, because I know that's a thing, reply guys, right? Who are yeah, people yeah, who just, mm. yeah, who always just reply to, usually to women's accounts, and usually with some kind of snark 
ish like comment. But I just thought it was a funny it was funny because I noticed that even Selva has got a reply guy. And she's <laughs> and the thing that I noticed the reason why I noticed this guy is because he had cardiac in his name. And it's a bit like you know <laughs> so I'm like, oh whenever I see a cardiologist like acting like a chump on Twitter, I'm like, oh not another one. I feel like I have to like overcompensate and be uber nice and pretend to be like a really wholesome. We appreciate your efforts, man. We appreciate your <laughs> I'm like on this massive like PR mission to like just kind of save face for cardiology yeah exactly mm. from like cardiac Khabib who like uh, replies to everything <laughs> that like Selva says and she's just being really mean and the thing is is that like Selva's so like tolerant he's like oh, oh he's hi so Habib nice. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I've been expecting you yeah exactly yeah, I love that. do you have reply guys of your own do you have I mean Bethan do you have someone that is a, a constant sort of fan that sort of pops around and you know tries to message you back every time i don't I, I don't know sometimes i worry that i'm a reply guy but like, <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> like sorry in advance to anyone i make uncomfortable but yeah no it's mm-hmm. like i don't know i sometimes i feel like you get you see like the same names commenting on your posts um mm. but i've been god i've been incredibly lucky and i don't know how i've managed this but most people who will, will reply like regularly to what i post even people like I might not know, you know, like no profile picture or anything. They mm. have been like kind and supportive. And yeah. I don't know, like, I'm like, oh, that's really sweet that you've gone out of your way to kind of say something. Um, mm. And I say, I, I am incredibly lucky that I've not met much flack. But yeah, sometimes like there's a, there's um, quite a few posts that I like, I like to follow like things about like people's experiences of mental health and things on Twitter. Mm. Um, yeah. And there's some, there's some people, there's, there's a, there's a girl called Francesca who's just qualified as a mental health nurse, uh, Francesca okay. Marina. Um, mm. And I always find like what she posts like really inspirational, but I do find I'm like liking everything and, I, and, repl- uh-huh. and like replying to everything. And I thought, oh God, I hope she doesn't think I'm like a creepy stalker. <laughs> like, oh God, it's Bethan again. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, soft luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, that, I mean, how, how have you found Twitter now, Bethan? I mean, you, you did come out, I mean, you kind of, for us, you kind of stormed onto, stormed onto consciousness, really. Yeah, it's been crazy, yeah. How, how have you found everyone with yourself so far? You've been, they've been yeah. quite pleasant. Yeah, really good on the whole. So I feel like I, I joined Twitter like 10 years ago and never really got mm. into it. And then when the pandemic obviously started last year, lived by myself, was feeling quite isolated and um, was doing like a PhD at the time as well and thought oh, I'll, I'll go and give Twitter a go again um, and like mm-hmm. yeah entered the world of med Twitter and yeah quickly got like I don't know I just really enjoyed it like I, I do appreciate it is it is an echo chamber and it can be so mm-hmm. variable at times but yeah mm-hmm. just just like following along and I've met some like really good friends through through Twitter and things and um, but yeah, and then I made that post about leaving neurosurgery and things just went like crazy. Like, I, mm. I don't know, then suddenly like all these new followers came um, mm. and I was kind of like, oh gosh, like this is really strange. But I think I'm quite lucky. I think I've managed to kind of more or less just use it as something to just speak my mind. Like sometimes mm. I just think, sometimes it's easier to say those things when you're just going into like a the internet um mm, yeah. and it, yeah it's been really positive on the whole and I, i'm just so so lucky i guess to have that yeah to have that positive experience do you, do you feel with like all those extra followers do you feel like a weight of expectation at all or maybe the, there's changed your behavior do you think or? yeah i don't i don't know like i'm not sure because i still i'm still not sure why they followed me in the first place like <laughs> I, I just i generally don't know but i had um when when that when i posted about uh, leaving neurosurgery i didn't realize how 
how much that would hit home with certain people like well sorry mm. so many people i was getting kind of hundreds of of dms um and i still haven't like managed to reply to them now and it, it made me feel quite bad because not not obviously that's that's just my take but people were being so like open and honest and people still yeah. are and i just think that's just, that's so incredibly like profound and yeah. sometimes i'm humbled by that because yeah people mm. have just kind of um just be like oh god i've never heard someone else speak about like leaving you know a career like this or whatever um and i think i hope that i'm still the same um and sometimes i feel like i go on about leaving neurosurgery quite a bit but i just mm. think if it helps like if it helps some other people to realize that that you know it is an option to leave your specialty to leave your training number you know there's other things out there no you know no time in medicine is is wasted then I hope mm. that, like, yeah, people can kind of be like, okay, then I'm not, you know, I'm not automatically a failure for giving up my training number or whatever. It's interesting what people sort of latch onto, isn't it? As in, like, mm. I think, you know, when you when you did that, you represented a lot of our own, all of our thoughts at some point, you know. Um, you know, the yeah. number of times I felt like packing it in. Well, actually, mm. I remember I remember the first week of being a, a junior doctor, I sat down outside with my reg and I said, like, I think I'm done here. And she was like, it's the first week. I was like, no, no, seriously, oh, yeah, I, I can't that. do this. Yeah. I can't do this, you know. Uh, and it just got worse and worse for me. Like she said, oh, it'll get better. And she lied because like I remember parking <laughs> up and then I used to literally have to turn up half an hour early because you used to take me half an hour to get out of the car. I had to like play songs and just really push myself out of the car and onto that ward every single day. It was so so taxing and I think when you when you did that everyone was like someone's done it someone's actually done it someone's you know yeah. opened that cage and stepped out you know and mm. um and and been brave enough to to go for it you know and I think um yeah. I think the continued interest is I guess you know it just it's mainly because of that isn't it yeah you think um uh and, and I think with that kind of, yeah I mean I think it's like I said it's difficult and I, I felt that I feel that sometimes as well like now because you know I've been so open about my struggles with everything and failing finals and stuff and, and very recently we were, we were doing this Twitter space and you know pe people are asking or you know I was asked about you know I was told that it was nice I'm so open about failing and I was like man yeah. since when did normally we look at the person who passed and kills it and they're the one that you look up to like oh man yeah. they smashed it not the guy that kind of scurries along the bottom like a little cockroach and somehow yeah. managed to swipe past everyone and get the DR in front of their name you know yeah well that's the thing isn't yeah. it because I think that's something that we kind of get from even preparing to go to medical school and then at medical school like we focus a lot on like um uh I mean it's I'm trying moving on to the next topic which is of mm. like competence versus confidence like medical school mm. in in a lot of ways perhaps makes us kind of confident I mean competent even but like mm. in a lot yeah, of ways not it doesn't confident really, at all not confident no <laughs> yeah and no, like whether well, it, no. it prepares us because like medicine is full of failures like oh, that's gosh, how you learn yeah. though isn't it like the number mm. of times like you know when you do a proceed like when you learn to do a procedure you have to fail it as you know you don't like the idea that you're just going to get everything right first time round. oh and, yeah no, like, no. That's a mm. right and like you know like in a procedural specialty like when you when you have a complication like the way that we with colleagues behave like when you have a complication mm. like which is something mm. we know happens right we, yeah, we quote course, a risk yeah. to people and yeah. um, this whole attitude towards it is just really pathological and so mm. um but then interestingly the, it's kind of in some ways i think um been used as an ex i was kind of hoping to talk about how 
in for GPs anyway, they're doing this whole thing where when they become GPs, they're going to have like an additional supervision period. And for consultants, they're saying, well, maybe you should be like a junior consultant before you become a senior consultant. And I think that's all under the guise of like increasing a person's confidence. But I'm not sure if that necessarily is because I feel like that's mm. probably a cultural thing. Yeah, I think I think it's it totally depends how it's how it's used. But um, but yeah, so like I think for example in in GP like what GP training is like five years, and I don't know about other specialties, but like neurosurgery was like at least eight, and then you have like a fellowship on top of things. So mm. I I would never say that like GP is easier. I say that in like inverted commas because what do, like why would it be a five year training and then other specialties are like much longer so I don't so maybe I guess like that what what they were talking about I think it was was Heather was saying about this kind of five-year period called first five is it where they kind of have more mentorship and supervision so I guess it could be seen as like an extension of training but I think it totally depends if that's used to kind of like treat you like a junior and you still don't kind of get that respect that you know yeah you've CCT'd you finished your training um, and they still treat you like kind of you not really haven't achieved that then I guess that's very problematic. I did I did want to ask actually because it's something that doesn't really get talked about that much within cardiology anyway which is when a person ha- has a complication and literally everyone else knows when it mm. happens like if something mm. happens in the lab everyone else knows and everyone else oh, talks God, about it yeah. and it's really like pernicious like oh mm. do you hear about and um that stuff and I was just wondering had, had, have you much experience of that in yours like hearing other people yeah kind of like... yeah yeah when when thing when things like excuse the language but when shit hit the fan yeah like it was it almost turned into gossip sometimes yeah. and I used mm. to really dread going to the M&M um, the mortality meetings because mm. yeah we had we you know we're a small unit um and the meetings would be full of like all the anaesthetist consultants and trainees all the neurosurgery consultants and trainees and the cases there's not there's not that many of us who work there so we you know kind of who's involved in each one and some of the things that would be said in these meetings would be like, I used to find them generally traumatic. Some of the things would be said would be obscene and it would get quite personal. And yeah, yeah it, it was, you can, you can't, it doesn't seem like you can make, you have a complication. I was going to say make a mistake, but sometimes it's not even a mistake. Sometimes yeah, exactly. shit Bad just happens. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But it seems like you can't just have a complication, reflect on it and improve on it and learn from it. It's like, it's always kind of, you need to be ripped to shreds for some reason. It's so weird. And I just mm. think that kind of, I, in fact, it made me, um, you know, when you're talking about kind of like feeling a, like you could fit in, but it's only yeah. really like when I've been in my current job where I saw like a, a kind of um, a meeting, like a M&M meeting, where one of the consultants just kind of open, openly led with like what happened and this complication is like, oh, this, this case went horribly. He literally like started mm. like, this case went horribly yeah, yeah. and everything went wrong. And I was just like sitting there like, whoa be brave mm. <laughs> yeah 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 and everyone yeah. was like oh yeah you know and everyone was like oh you, you know don't worry like this is and they were also support and I was then it's only then this is like the first time I've really thought that I was like actually I could I could be a consultant here because mm. like it just took a massive weight off me yeah mm. because like in other places and you hear about it like from other centers like oh this this registrar this happened and then this mm. and you're like whoa in our unit we like we had to get consultants involved because it was getting out of hand like it was just getting crazy so we had to like implement this whole new system where like two consultants would run the show 
um, and, and only they would be allowed to speak. And you'd have to like, it was like being back oh. in school. It would be like, you'd have to ask permission to speak because it was just getting wow. like, it was just getting so out of hand. Those MDTs can get really quite, you know, oh my God. personal, you know, like I, yeah. I remember I went to an MDT and I think there was two vascular surgeons you just didn't get along. And I didn't know that when I first went to it, but man, you could feel it. As soon as you walked in, you mm. felt it. And then you could just see these guys at it and going on and on and on. I think it got to a point when he was like, look, can you just let me speak? And it was like, la, 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 between oh, each other. Really? So, yeah, yeah it, was, it was atrocious when you see stuff like that happen. It's so childish, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's so unprofessional. Mm. You know, I don't know if you notice this, but sometimes, you know, MDTs and all these kind of things are used as a way to try and make them so make someone you know they always collectively you know kind of hound on one person or a couple of people yeah, seems that and way, they'll almost yeah. purposely bring bring those things forward because I've certainly seen it in some MDTs even where you know they're all vying for private work from this particular surgeon or something and they're worried about this other person coming in and taking that private work so they'll purposely point out the mistakes of that oh person. really wow yeah 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 it's like oh well you know and they kind of look at each other and smirk when that person oh that report oh, look at each other. oh i see what's going on here so you know pathetic. what i mean and i just think yeah, it's, it's really pathetic but it's like I always say man follow the money why are they doing it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. they want the pp and etc etc yeah. et yeah, i'm telling you that's man. how it is Ajay did that post mm. didn't he about how when he was learning how there were doves and hawks and I was just interested mm. to know if you felt like people um, people in medicine could be subdivided in that way. What do you guys think? Doves and hawks. Which ones do you think? I mean, are you both doves? What do you reckon? What's the, what's the difference? Is is like, what what's Ooh. a dove? What's a hawk? Well, a dove's like kind of soft and gentle, encouraging. Well, oh, that's me. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a pushover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm sure, well... I'm sure you could be a hawk too, right? I think oh you'd have God, to like, be. Yeah, I, I learned quickly in neurosurgery to kind of stand up for myself and things. And uh, I don't know, no regrets in life. And I don't regret doing neurosurgery whatsoever. Um, but mm. when I tried to think about the things that I really learned from there, it was like, mm. it was literally like life skills in terms of being able to hold my own, being able mm. to stand up for myself. Um, because yeah. yeah, constant, constant hawks or yeah. If, uh, if yeah. you had to, because there are going to be people who are going to listen because of you, right? Because you're like mm. uh, this. Uh, and so. Oh gosh, that's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to ask, <laughs> is there a bit of advice? Because obviously you're in that space. And uh, is there some advice that you'd give about kind of, you know, um, being a dove amongst the hawks? Like what is there? Yeah, a... I, th- I think I'm like, I'm a big fan of compassion. Like, and that's compassion to others, but also compassion to yourself. And I think you've got to be you've got to be authentic and you've got to be true to yourself and you've got to you've got to show compassion for yourself. So that's kind of like so if you are a dove and maybe you're feeling a bit more like a pushover instead of kind of being harsh on yourself and being like, oh, God, like I deserve this or they're taking advantage of me because I'm X, Y or Z. Like, mm. I think it's so important. And, and I still God, I still don't get this now. And but I know I need to do it. It's kind of reframing it and being like, oh, actually, this is not my fault. I can see how this is happening. Like it's this is their mm. problem and not mine. But then also having right. compassion towards others, because we've all been in like a shitty boat where we're a trainee. No one takes us seriously. We're not getting yeah. mm. the case numbers and things. So it's it's showing compassion for your colleagues and being less hawky, maybe in terms of like, dog eat dog and I've got to get one up on this person yeah yeah trying to have like more of a shared experience because essentially we're all trying to aim towards the same thing aren't we so that would be Mm. kind of my tip I'm sorry to get a bit fluffy there no that's lovely I liked it 
Yeah, I think there's a real lack of that. I think one of my friends who um, does surgery, he was telling me in the private sector what they'll sometimes do is that if one surgeon's competing with another, they'll poke a hole in their in their you know their sterile field, uh, delaying their list. Oh, um, yeah, 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 these little games that can happen. Yeah, it's, I can it's, imagine, it's a really yeah. yeah. You're not surprised, right? It's a dirty no, world out the, there, especially when it comes thing, to yeah. private work. Um, mm. People get really really nasty very very quickly. So dirty. I just think there's not enough. Um, yeah, there's not enough compassion. There's not enough. Um, love between medics themselves you know which is a real shame more love we need but then conversely i really hope i think and we have to hope that there's like enough of the the good guys whoever they are the good girls coming through to kind of maybe change environments and practices over the years because i just think i just think in general it's needed like it's still quite old-fashioned i think in the way that the way that medical training and stuff is at the moment so yeah hopefully it'll well i do have some hope that it'll change for the better yeah I think so. When I look at medical students, they're so much more like demanding. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's amazing. They're so switched on, which is so nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. you go, you ask for that. You don't take, don't put up with that. But they're <laughs> like, no, no, no. That I don't like. Yeah, I don't like how this is, and you know, I don't like how that is. Mm. Yeah, by all means, you know, get your bag. Like you. Mm. Yeah, got like, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, I think there's. Uh, that's so like, Yeah. Those guys will look after us when we're old and infirm. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the, yeah. uh, I wanted to kind of quickly just, well, not quickly, but the one thing I definitely did want to discuss today, because we're getting kind of short on time, is the um, the tweet that came yeah. out today, because, yeah, today's big deal, which is uh, mm. there's a medical student that kind of tweeted about his terrible experience that he had, well, his that his other half had, right? Um, so mm. they're both black, and uh, uh, his wife's, uh, I mean, they're black and Muslim, and uh, they turned up to hospital. She was in pain and she was left for ages in pain. And literally it just sounds like one thing after the other, which is terrible about this experience. Um, And uh, I think in particular, it's kind of flavoured by the fact that he's also a medical student at that hospital and mm. so I think it probably mm. added like angst to it. What did uh, so you were reading that before? So I mean it, what was going on, yeah, so what was going on? <laughs> I mean the, the wife was the wife was in pain, they got into hospital yeah. and then they kept asking for pain relief, they weren't getting pain relief, and then he got involved because he's a medical student, thought he could try and help the situation, it didn't help the situation. As I kept trying to get more as I kept trying to push for pain relief, they started to get hassled and hounded, like, you know, uh, it takes time to get pain relief. It does it, you know, it's been four or five hours, you know, you, mm. it doesn't it's not that quick and all this kind of stuff. And then eventually it all culminates in what security and police yeah. getting involved and taking the guy off and it's just like wow he, that escalates got, doesn't it yeah mate he just got framed as like an angry black man didn't he and then just yeah 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 i mean i i've seen you know like i've seen this happen you know during covid times uh well i still look going but like when they first opened the supermarkets again and they were having nhs workers come first i remember i was waiting in this long queue to get into tesco's and a, a group of people decided again a bit irate about like you know how, how long is it going to take and stuff like that and I looked at them and I thought, oh man, you know, fair enough. It's a pretty stressful situation. Like half of us don't know where we're going to get food. And, you know, it's, it's a really weird, it felt like the, the yeah. apocalypse was upon us, right, at that time. And I remember I, I overheard, like, you know, the people who were getting really irate and people tend to calm down. And then she, the lady, she was a black woman. And she goes, the only reason you're having a go at me is because I'm black. You're thinking that I'm loud. You've seen me that I'm, I'm standing up for myself. And the problem is that I'm a black person and I'm standing up for myself. That's why you think I'm being louder than I really am. And I thought, actually, yeah, that's a good point. Like, you know, she wasn't the only one that was being so loud about things, and but she's the one that got the most grief in that queue, and that's what made me yeah. think of this. Like you know, I, I do think this had a had an impact, like the fact yeah, that they looked at the way they do, Absolutely. and um, they were kicking up a fuss, and then you know they got taken off by security. That's pretty serious, right? I mean, you're a concerned, you're yeah, a concerned so family member. It's terrible, isn't it? Yeah. You know? I yeah. saw it, 
interesting in the same vein there was like this whole like uh, because they uh, they found it difficult cannulating her and i saw this other thread which is where this person was like teaching someone else how to take blood and they were like oh black people you've got to press a bit harder because they've got thicker skin i'm like thicker skin what are you on about like what science is yeah mate like what the hell like what's like yeah they have to have thick skin to deal with crap like that like what the hell like are you talking about like what absolute nonsense (laughs) it's just crazy how they just how quickly people like jump to like them being like an aggressor and then they suddenly just kind of shift roles like it's kind of like they they kind of speak out again it's like the passive aggression and then they're like pointing out and they're like oh you're actually being it's just ridiculous I can't win. It yeah. reminds me of that poor. Do you remember that um, family? That I think the Pakistani family and their daughter was dying. Do you remember this? And then oh, their mum yeah, and dad were like trying to sit mm. there, and then the security guard involved and pulled them away. The guy started having a heart attack during it, yeah. and I, I think we all felt it, isn't it? Like, uh, yeah, you wouldn't be treating them like that if they were. Mate, they're both medics as well. Do you know that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you he's know, a respiratory. But that's thing. Exactly. And imagine if they weren't. Imagine if they weren't. That probably would have been brushed away and forgotten about, you know. That's the kind of place we live right now that you have to have that little bit more about you to be noticed. Like you can't just be a brown person being treated like that. You've got to be a medic and then you're being, okay, now now we're listening to this story. And that's what I felt really sorry for this poor, poor person who's having to to go through it. Obviously, like it's allegedly. I mean, we don't we don't know the full story, but from the looks of things, I think the point is like we're not surprised. We've seen it. I've seen it. Happen, yeah. You know. Yeah. I've seen it happen. So. And when people tell you these stories, like you have you have to believe them. Like. Yeah, absolutely. When, yeah, when people like people tell you they're in pain, it's, we've got no right to kind of disagree with that. Like we have like mm. this guy is telling this incredibly like gosh this in- incredibly sad story and. Yeah, you have to believe that happened, and like you say, it's not. We you can imagine it happening, which is absolutely shameful to say. Mm. Yeah, it's a kind of almost a, a dehumanization of mm. like um, you know the people, you know, which is a shame. Yeah. Uh, it really is. So, did you see the uh, Glauken Flecken's little thing on that, which were, which is about he's making comment on that video that he saw, that uh, was posted about. Oh, it's a guy that we've commented before actually. I think he's like an actor, mm-hmm. but or he's like a technician, and he was joking about people. Um, not really understanding pain scores and then he was yeah. like actually c- trying to like joke about stuff like that in medicine is quite nuanced and you can do it but like you know you've got to realize that you know patients suffer and you know it was really interesting I thought it was a really good thread if, yeah, if people haven't I seen did, it yeah should... I really I really like that and it made it made me realize like like he's a, he's a really funny guy um he and we're is, all like big yeah. fans of him yeah mm. he's just he's just hits the nail on the head like every single time, every time. um mm. and i do want to know what your favorite white blood cell is in a second but um <laughs> but yeah like he, he just it made me realize like how much thought and stuff goes into it i was just like yeah i had a lot of respect for that mm. i mean he i mean i think we're all fans of uh i can't even say glaucomflecken why did he choose such a difficult thing to say but um <laughs> uh, yeah i think we're all fans of him isn't it? I mean, clearly he's shown time yeah. and time again that he's 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 special isn't he he really is yeah. not just in and terms he's... of being funny and entertaining yeah. but yeah. hitting he's the nail on the head and he's guy. young yeah. and he's good looking and, and he's just american He's good. Yeah. Oh, hate him and he's, he's funny. All the things we want to be. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me sick, and he's got such good hair. Oh my god! And he's probably super rich as well. So he's yeah. super rich. <laughs> he's probably like seven foot tall, and oh my oh. god. Uh, I'd just like to say, if you if you do ever listen to this, please come on the show, please. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> please do. We love you. <laughs> yeah. 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 
Yeah, it's been um, it's been it's been an interesting week, hasn't it? As always, um, Med Twitter doesn't ever seem to seem to stop. I, I know people are going to want to know this, Bethan. So I just I, I just so people know, what are you up to now? Where are you at? And is everything okay? Just just tell everyone because I know they're going to want to know. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh, that's yeah. Um, the probably, the reality is it's probably incredibly boring. But yeah, things things are okay. So. Yeah, so I had a month of being unemployed, um, kind of my choice after leaving neurosurgery, and then I got to, I got a job then working for, um, essentially like the Department of Work and Pensions in some sort of fashion, doing mm. disability assessments. So I had a lot of flack from that for that rather, and continue to do that. People are like, oh, you're you're the, one of those who takes people's benefit money away. And I'm just like. That's not my job. Like my job is to essentially see medical people, see people medically, assess them, write a report, and then that goes off to kind of people who make the decisions. But do you know what? It's no one's no one's gonna die in this job. Essentially, yeah. like that's and I never realised like how much I needed that. Not kind yeah. of as a break, but I just think burnout was a huge kind of factor in in why I left and. It's a stable Monday to Friday, nine to five job. Um, the pay is good. I, you know, I can't, I can't deny that. And mm. it's not, it's not my forever job. But eventually, either next year or the year after, I'm going to apply for GP training if they'll have me. Um, yeah. And that's my, that's my goal. Yeah, I really, really want to yeah. be a GP. But most importantly, are you happy now? Are you happier? Yeah, I think like it's definitely. I've got, I've essentially, I've got no regrets of leaving neurosurgery. I, how can you be 100% sure that you're making the right decision? And I think the fact that I'm not missing it as such in terms of the actual kind of operating and things, I think says a lot. And I've got more of my life back. Like, it's me and my dog. I know, I know, sorry, Iran. But yeah, I just, you know, <laughs> all, all my evenings are mine, all my weekends are mine. Like, it's it's a completely different way of life. And yeah, in general, I am kind of happier with that. It's amazing, like how how much can change so quickly when you make a decision, you know, like like that. Because yeah. you, know? you can get stuck in it, can't you? You really can. Yeah, and, and I, I think know. that's that's the problem as well. So I I had like no savings behind me in terms of obviously I never factored this would happen, um, mm. and I think that's a lot. That's a problem that kind of puts a lot of people off. They're like, well, I've got a house now, I've got a mortgage, and that was my position. What am I going to do? So um, I just want people to know that there's these kind of jobs out there that you might not necessarily know about. They are out there. um, They're always looking for doctors, no matter what specialty you're from. Um, Mm. So, you know, there there is an option and it never has to be permanent. So, Mm. yeah. Well, that's amazing. I mean, look, we've been fans for quite a while, uh, and I'm really happy that you you decided to join. You know, oh, you gave, you gave us your time and joined us. And um, oh no, thanks for having me. It's been so yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, it has been really lovely, and um, also I'm sorry for calling you that girl, Bethan, in, in an episode. <gasps> Mate, I'm I'm just about getting <laughs> over it. I was like that girl. What? Yeah. Was, Oops. Yeah. Oops. Who's that girl? It just made me sound like more, I think, like more like street and hip than what I actually am. <laughs> I was like, oh, girl, I was like, that sounds far too cool for me. But no, mate, yeah. I, was, I was putting your leg. It's all good. Yeah, no, thank you so much for, for coming. We, re- we oh, really no, enjoyed it. I'm sure we'll have you back at some point and obviously keep us posted oh, about how nice. things are going and stuff. Of course, and, um, yeah. yeah. We'd love to have you on again. Thank so you. yeah. Anyway, thank you, Med Twitter, as always, keeping keeping things interesting. So um, <laughs> yeah, we, we had the addendum episode. I, I don't envisage doing another one so soon. I mean, that was it was weird for me doing the addendum episode because it was like I, I you know I told Bethan I forgot we had to do this episode because <laughs> we, we already released an episode. So why am I why am I doing another one? 
So um, I hope that went down well. I hope people enjoyed that uh, thing. And um, if you haven't listened to it yet, I, I would say do listen to it because Theresa will ruin Jenga. He will ruin Jenga <laughs> for anyone that listens to that. He really does. He's got a nice little line in there for everyone. So anyway, thank you everyone for listening and um, we'll catch you next week. All right. Thank bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Hey team, it's Imran again with a quick announcement. So last Monday... Um, Ajay Verma at UK Gastro Doctor decided to try out something really, really fun. It was um, a Twitter space, which is essentially the same thing as a clubhouse. And what essentially happens is that you sign in uh, on Twitter and you'll be able to take part in a live conversation or just listen to a live conversation between a few of us. And it was really, really fun. We got to actually talk to a few people and actually hear some voices um, for the first time. And, you know, we've kind of got to know each other uh, through watching each other's and reading each other's tweets. And it was really, really nice to just actually have a conversation and see where everyone is at and how everyone is doing. And as a result of that, we've decided to try and make it a bit more of a regular thing. We're gonna try and go with eight o'clock UK time every Monday. We're gonna call it the Med Twitter Monday on call. So please take this as a warm invitation to um, Come and have a chat with us. Get to know us and um, be part of the uh, conversation. Anyway, see you soon. Bye. And you've been listening to Two Medics and One Mike with Imran Lasker and Therusha Gawana. Thank you for listening.